0: Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Between the Sessions. Alex, how are you? Good, good. How are you? I'm good.
1: See, I'm that's good. all. That's all you fucking say. That's, pretty much that's as much. Yeah, that's it. Right. Um, anyway, that's
0: all we've got from Alex today. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Today okay, we sorry. have with us. There's oh. three of us in the room
1: today. we have there with There is three. Us today. Hello. Some of you have probably seen around the studio the buff redhead that lifts heavy weights.
0: Yes. <laughs> Alyssa <laughs> Jewel.
1: Just a, a really short summary. Yeah. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah, that's her in a nutshell, really. Yeah. Um, Alyssa Jewel, you've been with us for a very long time now, haven't you? Three yeah. years. Three years.
1: That must be yeah. about the same as me. Well, my really? I started a little bit, maybe a couple months before you.
2: Yeah, you, you got here a bit before I did. I'm not sure yeah, how
1: long. I don't but... think very
0: long, if you've been here three years. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. wow, three years has gone really fast. Yeah. So Alyssa is our only female trainer and probably the best trainer that we've had and probably the best trainer I reckon she's gives the boys a run for their money for sure and she's very dedicated and very passionate and so we're excited to have her on the podcast today and I thought what we'd do is just delve a little deeper into her story and her philosophies on training and nutrition and um, powerlifting, which she's into at the moment, um, and yeah, just so we can get to know her a little bit more. So, um, hello and welcome, Alyssa.
2: Hello, and thanks for having me. You're very Thank welcome. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Oh, of Being
0: course, very of course. No, you're really good. We, I think I think when we, you know, we've both been in this industry for industry for many years, and you know, you you can tell you can tell someone that's really passionate about this industry and works on themselves as well as their knowledge. Like, it's multifaceted. I mean, you know that. Um, It's not always about how much fitness knowledge that you have. It's under how to be personable with a client. It's understanding their psychology. It's understanding how you communicate. It's trying to be a better coach. Like, there's so many things. And I'm sure you would know, you can tell the difference between trainers that actively are working on those skills and those that are not working on those skills. Yes, you
2: could say that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah.
0: Um so so I say that introduction with full honesty because and I think a lot of the the guys that are actually at Alterigo all fall into that boat. They're all dedicated to, you know, being better trainers and, and finding different ways, not just through exercise, to improve the results of clients. So yeah, absolutely. I think they're I think we've got a good batch of people and I think they're few and far between in the industry now, I think.
2: I definitely, agree. you know, I think okay. it's
0: different now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you need to be that. Otherwise, you just can't survive
2: yep. these
0: 100%. days. Um, so, Alyssa, take us back. I want to, I want to, I want to, I actually don't even know all of your story, but I want to find out about why you became a personal trainer. What were the events, circumstances, or insights that led you to finally go, I'm going to be a trainer and this is going to be a big part of my life? Um, yeah. And change. So, tell us, how did okay. you start? Oh cool.
2: well, this is ages ago. Um, basically, how long ago was was this? Uh, Ten years, twenty. Years? I was I was eighteen when I met my. Um, I'm thirty four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's not fifty six, guys. Don't be mean. That's horrible. <laughs> um,
2: so when I was eighteen, I met uh, my now partner of fifteen fifteen years. Yeah. um and before the podcast, Hamish was actually telling us a beautiful story about himself and Erica. So, yes. so my us story us. is kind of similar, um, except that when my partner went overseas, I followed him. Cool. So um, Adam asked me to come and live with him oh, in okay. London.
1: That's it one, wasn't yep. like a stalker. No, I mean, <laughs> no. <laughs> you just did the airport one yeah. day. You saw this hey, guy, hey, guy, guy. "I'm yep. on your flight." That's it, exactly. <laughs> I want to come with you. Where are you going?
2: I don't care. It's okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so we, we lived in London for two years mm-hmm. um, cool. and just lived a complete party lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like um, loads of booze, yeah, loads of things, you can, say things. you can
0: say drugs. <laughs>
2: drugs, yes. It's fine. Okay, cool. We've had a
0: podcast on all sorts of stuff. Awesome. So that's cool. Be open, so tell us. So we're
2: all us. open here, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and basically, I didn't really care about my diet or training at all. I didn't train at that time, didn't even lift and...
0: Geez, lived.
2: We didn't even lift. We lived um maybe 500 metres from this place. We used to call it um Dirty Bird. And it was basically <laughs> just this $2 fried chicken shack on the corner of, of the street. And right next to it was like an off-license that had 50-pence litre cans of horrible cider and beer. <laughs> so pretty much it didn't matter if it was a weekday, weekend. We would just get on it and eat shit. And, um after about a year of being there i think i saw a photo of myself and my face gets really round when i get chubby mm. <laughs> so i had this like, massive engorged chubby face and like a big belly and i like i've never been a really big person but for me that was quite shocking yeah, so yeah, i just okay. went yeah. fuck this shit um i'm going to i'm going to eat better i went vegetarian for a while it oh, right. didn't last mm. but anyway. no. um, so basically i started doing what did I do? Yoga, like just body weight really? training. No, really? Yoga and yeah. skipping by myself in the garage oh, in the wow. middle of winter, okay. like in this English townhouse. Yeah. Yeah. So, so
0: previous to moving to London, yeah. was there any history of, of working out or like in your teens yeah. or through high school was it something you were ever interested in was anything like that you? I
2: played a lot of badminton okay. I played it for like six or seven years I was actually oh, wow. pretty good yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. so it was funny I used to play against my high school teachers <laughs> okay. and I really loved it when I was playing against them because like if you hit really hard in badminton and the, the Cock gets in someone's
0: eye. <laughs> Not the first time we've heard that from a lady, have we, Alyssa? Yeah. Yep, yep. But, like,
2: you could, if I didn't like the teacher I was playing against, it was, all, it was on. Yeah, so yeah, was yeah. Great great yeah, yeah. So that was fun. great Yeah, just take this in your
0: cock. eye. Take that cock in your eye, <laughs> Mr. Beats. That's exactly <laughs> what it was like. That's exactly having. what it was like. Yeah, yeah. cool.
2: Um, but, yeah, I played badminton and uh, netball okay. for, oh, cool. for many years. So okay, cool. that was, like, my family did have a lot of sport in it, which is good because it, it I guess it made that lack of anything more shocking yeah yeah yeah, and it, yeah, was yeah it easier yeah, to yeah, get back yeah, into yes, um, yeah. moving in some way
0: yeah, yeah. so you, you had some sort of uh yeah you had some sort of involvement it wasn't like yeah. you were on the couch for the first 20 years of your life and now it decided yeah you were active in it but then you went through a period where moving to London le- led to that lifestyle of absolutely being bad okay yeah yeah
2: absolutely so um since I'm about nineteen at the time in this story. Since then, I have not stopped training. So I picked wow. it back up and just kept kept doing it.
0: Okay, so, so you're in your garage, you're doing your yoga and you're skipping. Yep. You guys come back to Australia yeah. or
2: we we came back to Australia and um we were living in Ringwood for a while and I joined the gym around the corner. Yeah. And I've been lifting weights now. So like I'm, with talking fourteen years of
0: of Lifting, lifting. awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so um, when I was in London, I got some um, general admin sort of work and then basically decided when I got back to Australia, even though I was training a lot, I hadn't quite become obsessed with training at that point, so I was studying marketing part-time. Okay. Um, And when I went into marketing, I realised how shit my job was (laughs) and how much I hated the people I worked with. Yeah. And the office politics and just how. Um, Good old office life. Yeah, just, just how vacuous some people can be. And yep. just, I had nothing in common with, with yep. the people that I was working with. And around about that time, I signed up for the very first Max's Challenge. And this is like
1: eons oh, Max. ago.
2: Yeah, yeah. Eons ago. It must yeah, have been. Right. We're looking about 10 years ago now, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, quite some time ago. And basically. So um, explain
0: Max's, maybe explain what yeah. that is so, so people know what you mean.
2: So, at the time, I think it's changed a fair bit now, but the Maxis Challenge was 12 weeks where you sign up to an online website. It was completely free. Basically, you're expected to eat as much of their pr- product as you can, basically. Okay. Um, But you have, like, an online blog where you can upload photos and videos of your progress. Um, okay. You have to check in at certain points. And then you do the before and after photo holding the newspaper.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: So, um, when I... <laughs> When I did the Max's challenge, that was a huge turning point for me because I literally walked into Doherty's gym in Dandenong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know you're laughing. For <laughs> I a reason. grew up in Dandenong, so <laughs> yeah. that's why I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that old joint, that's yeah. It. And all I did, and I'm really, I'm kind of shocked that I did this, but at the same time, it's led me to where I am now. So I can't really be too upset yeah, of about course. it. But walked in, talked to the guy behind reception, and said, "I want to chat to a personal trainer." Yeah. And then I said, look, I need a program and a nutrition plan. I'm doing the Max's Challenge. Um, And I got someone who fucking starved me. Really? Yeah. So at the time, after, when I was in London and I started training, I think I was about 67, 68 kilos at that time. Yeah. So I was never really that huge, but like I was pretty chubby. Yeah, yeah. Then by the time I got back to Australia and went into the um, Doherty's gym, I was sitting at around 60 and that was like my set point and yep. it had been for a few years yep. at that time yeah so i was 60 kilos and he put me on to start with 1150 calories a You're day getting it what this is to start yeah, yeah this isn't even after a period of dieting when my metabolism slowed like this is wow. right out the gate wow. you know fuck all calories and i still remember the nutrition plan like the back of my head of my hand, back of my head. Mm. Maybe maybe it's still there in the back <laughs> maybe, of your head. Maybe, it's, It keeps me awake. It definitely burnt in the back of your head, <laughs> it's yeah. It's made, it, it's made an impact, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I think breakfast was like one cup of fruit and a cup of egg whites, so no fat. Wow. Yeah. The fruit was the only carbs that I'd have for the entire day. Oh my that God. one cup. One cup wow. of fruit. And the reason behind that, just interesting tidbit, is because um, fructose goes to your liver. Yeah. So liver glycogen is uh a way to I guess prevent your body from going into hypoglycemia yeah. mm. and it's used I guess to also prevent uh gluconeogenesis which yeah. is when you're not eating enough fat or carbs and you're using protein as fuel. Yeah, 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 So it was kind of a way to sort of trick your body into believing it wasn't starving for a wow. few hours. Wow. So it's interesting. He never told me that. I learned that later. Did he know that? He would have, he would have done okay. it for that reason. Wow. Um, and then like the rest of the meals are just veggies and protein. And,
0: and so, and so what's, and what's the dangers? I mean, obviously now 10 years ahead, yeah. you obviously know a lot better, but yeah. what, what, what are the direct dangers of eating that yeah. way? Um, Cause I'm sure a lot of listeners would have probably experienced something similar without mm. the knowledge that you have now. Yeah. Um, so what are the dangers with following something like that? Early on so or for if, a beginner?
2: If we're looking at incredibly short term, so maybe one to two weeks, there's not a whole lot of danger if you go back to eating normally after that. Yeah, But um, typically, well, specifically for females, you're looking at amenorrhea, which is what I got. I lost my period for a good year wow. after those 12 weeks. Fuck. So, so how long
0: were you on this... Diet for, eating plan for
2: well we started because the Max's challenge is twelve weeks, we did three four week blocks. The initial diet plan was one uh eleven fifty, second diet plan was nine hundred and the final one was seven fifty. What the wow. fuck? Yeah, yeah, and this is um not even taking into account the fact that he had me doing an hour of cardio and an hour of wow. weights six days a week.
1: What did <laughs> you yeah. even do that on I've, those calories? I was
2: running on adrenaline and it's kind of funny. If I go back, I've kept all of those nutrition plans. although I use the term loosely. There's not a lot of nutrition, <laughs> nutrition in yeah. that. Starvation it's plan. plans. Yeah. Yeah. It's like three lines. That's <laughs> it exactly. But um, like if you had all the food written out on a piece of paper, it's only a couple mm. of lines. Like probably barely more than three. And then if you look at the supplement page, there were more supplements that I had to take than there was food that I could eat. ridiculous. horrible. And I remember he asked me to take six fat burner tablets every day.
0: Oh, my God. And they're pretty
2: much just pure caffeine. Yeah. So it's highly toxic. So if you're looking at, like, the hormonal ramifications of that, my stress response was through the roof, so much so, and the lack of energy availability. My body shut down its um, reproductive system. Mm. um sleeping was sleeping was pretty much impossible wow um, i didn't take the fat burners because i thought this is fucking crazy i'm not doing that um but i would drink a fair bit of coffee because i was so fucking tired
0: oh god so, so oh, yes yeah, so you were having the fat burners on and off but also drinking coffee yeah jesus yeah
2: so like my uh ability to to concentrate was absolutely horrible i nearly lost my job like i got warnings yeah. and everything, because I just couldn't concentrate.
1: You were still in marketing at this time? I was still
2: in marketing, yeah. still hating it. Um, but I got I got really shredded. And at the end of the Maxis challenge, um, I didn't look, like I wanted to look like a figure competitor, but I ended up looking like basically barely a bikini model, but just really stringy. Yeah. Kind of right. like, you know when you make pulled pork? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so you were the pulled total. pork model. I was yeah. the pulled pork model. Wow.
2: So um that took me a good year to recover from yeah. hormonally. Um if not longer, but the Worst thing about it was the emotional and the eating disorder that I got from it. Mm. So I think for a good three years after that, I had um, severe body dysmorphia. I had Fuck. issues eating carbohydrates. I thought carbohydrates were evil. Yeah, yeah. Um, I still remember talking to my coach at the time, um, and saying to him, you know, I've dropped so much weight. I went from a size ten to like a size four to six Shit. over that time. And I said to him, I was so happy because, like, all I could... The only happiness I could derive from that entire experience was how lean I was getting.
0: Yeah.
2: So, um, when I sort of said to him, hey, I'm, like, none of my clothes fit me anymore. I've got to buy new clothes. And he just kind of laughed and went, oh, don't buy new clothes. But he never explained it. He never told me why. Like, he never... What a sociopath! I know, absolutely. That
1: <laughs> guy's a lunatic.
2: That's it. So Crazy. basically, um, I started doing research about halfway in because I, you know, there were warning signals and like things that I knew you should, you need more food than that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I asked for advice from some other people. Someone very big in the industry who I won't name um, told me to listen to my coach and keep going, even though I explained everything to him. Wow. So I have no respect for that man at all. Because yeah. if someone said that to me, I'd be like, get the fuck yeah, out of there. Yeah, yeah. Like, eat some carbohydrates and just don't train for a while and yeah. just get your life back on yeah. track. But yeah. Um, yeah. So I think th- three years after that, I had issues maintaining a normal body weight. I had issues eating anything that wasn't protein and vegetables. I religiously tracked my food. I had like this obsessive compulsive like cardio thing where I basically, if I ate too much, I'd jump on my exercise bike and try to train. Wow! Yeah. wow. So some days I might be on the bike like three or four hours. Shit. I think I've seen you on
1: the bike for like two minutes. Or I know.
2: Three years. <laughs> and there's a picture. Yeah, she took a photo of it. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. that's one time. That's it. The picture of it. I look so happy. Yeah, you look so happy. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So yeah, it, it took took fucking ages for me to feel normal again. Wow. Um, but one of the reasons I became a, a coach was because after that hellish experience, I realised that i didn't want people like that in the industry yeah. to outnumber the people that actually helped yeah. you, know? yeah. yeah, I was wondering like you know what what can I do maybe to stop someone else from going down this pit yeah. yeah yeah, yeah,
0: so what was the turning point for you? so you've gone three years you know or a year at least not having a period and hmm. and eating issues and body dysmorphia yeah what, when when was the turning point or did something come along and kind of click in or did you meet a new mentor or tra- yeah. like what what happened then how did you get yourself out of that mindset yeah because i could imagine that would be you know if you look at anybody with any eating disorder or anxiety or depression or or anything like that yeah. it's it's quite built into the into the brain and sometimes mm. even family and friends could be telling you this is not good for you this is not good for you and they just they don't want to listen yeah so how did you get yourself out of that hole and what were the things mm. that led to that transition for you?
2: That's, um, predominantly where education came into it. Okay. So I sought to figure out, you know, if I was going to drop body fat and, and I was really into bodybuilding at this stage, if I was going to compete or I was going to drop body fat, how would I do it as safely as possible? Okay. What could I have done differently that what I was taught, um, would get me a similar result without all the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, without all of the uh, eating disorder bullshit and yeah. the, you know, yeah, the hormonal changes, lack yeah,
0: yeah. exactly. Yeah.
2: So that that led to a bit of a three hundred and sixty as far as my business went. So I, at the time, so you were a trainer at this stage. I was a trainer at this stage. Yeah. I quit my job shortly after I finished the Max's Challenge okay. and went fuck uh, okay. this. I want to be in a gym. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Nice.
2: Um, and then basically, the more I educated myself, the more I started to believe that it was possible to get. You know really lean and be healthy at the same time mm-hmm. and it is however the bodybuilding concept of lean and the healthy concept of lean are very different like the extremes
1: yeah. of body exactly yeah.
2: so just i guess fast forwarding a, a few years i basically the the longer i research and the more i understand about how the body works and everything the more i realize that Getting absolutely shredded and being shredded twenty four seven is not healthy for most people. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, or realistic.
2: Exactly. <laughs> so once I sort of realised that, that then I changed again from being a bodybuilding coach and just working with figure models and fitness models. And um, I love some of the clients that I had; they were absolutely amazing. But women in general who were competing um, based on their body you know, and the way it looks, they're a mind fuck in general. Yeah. I know I was. Yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. kind of went, I want to I wanna be happy when I go to work. Yeah. I don't want to have yeah. to console someone because their bum is too fat. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's not what I want to do anymore.
0: And I think it was you yeah. that told me when you first started or, or not long after you started here, how you were doing the coaching for different fitness models. Mm. And I'm pretty sure it was you that said it was the saddest bunch of women in the room that you'd seen. Yeah. Because by any other standards, they would be – beautiful lean i mean Absolutely. any i mean all ideas of what beauty would be would be these women and yet the chatter between them was how um terrible they were looking or how they weren't happy with this part or yeah. Yeah. you know that was basically the chatter of the room yet anyone yeah. walking through there would have gone man these are the epitome of beauty Absolutely. And yet they weren't happy. That's exactly. kind
1: of what bodybuilding is though, isn't it? It's sort of like you pick up your weakest body part and then you train that one body part to keep up with the rest of you.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah, pretty much. And so
1: it's sort of like you're always picking on your worst part.
2: Exactly. So I think it's that constant self-analysis and criticism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's not a bad thing if you apply that to something that's promoting your growth in other yeah. ways. Like you could say yeah. that if you don't do that, you'll be unhappy. Because yeah, if yeah. you're not constantly trying to change or better yourself, then mm. you, then that's equally as shit. However, when you make the focus purely on the way you look, you also then yeah. create an identity for yourself. Mm. And let's say, for example, um, some of these women were in the off-season and others were in the competitive season. The off-season women would feel fat by comparison. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And the discussion always sort of tended to revolve around what everyone was eating, mm. you know, um, how much body fat they'd lost, whether or not they were losing fast enough. And I just kind of went, well, is this is this my legacy? Yeah, like, is this what yeah. I'm teaching people? Um, and then you, I guess you become more conscious of the way that you interact with your clients. And I realised that my... Perceptions and my beliefs and my attitudes towards my own body were filtered through them as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So that's a really big one. Yeah. So I that's kind of really realized that I was a role model for a lot of the shit that they were going through. Yeah. And I just went, "Fuck this."
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna get strong. <laughs>
0: with with bodybuilding though, I I, I wrote a, a blog about it some time ago. Um, not not bodybuilding specifically, but the concept of performance versus well-being or long-term well-being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there is a little bit of confusion. I don't know what your opinion on it is, but would you, without bashing bodybuilding too much, is it is it actually a sport? Like, do you think it's actually a sport where, like if it was any other sport, say skiing or um, race car driving or whatever it is, you push your body to these limits, which then in some terms you sacrifice longevity or you sacrifice the well-being of your body in order to obtain this particular performance goal.
2: 100%. So do you think that's – like and and
0: look, sometimes I feel CrossFit falls into that category as well Mm. where you've got these amazing athletes but they're really pushing their body to such an extreme where the aftermath of that or the repercussions of that, I mean they could have terrible knees, they could have all sorts of issues with their body 10 years later, Mm. but that's the risk and the sacrifice you make for high performance. Yeah. Yeah. Would you agree the same thing with bodybuilding, or do you think there is a grey area there, mm. where people might be getting into the industry not really realizing it's that a sport? What, yeah. do, what do you think?
2: I definitely think that anyone who's going to compete for the first time needs to sit down with a coach who's going to answer their questions honestly. Yeah, and and give them a bit of an insight into what they're getting into. Yeah, um, it, it would be the same as like for example, you know, super heavyweight powerlifters. Yeah, yeah, they're. Fat as fuck, some yeah, of them. Yeah. Like, and they're really very heavy people, but their body type lends well to lifting shitloads of weight. Yeah. yeah. So that's a, sac- a health sacrifice that they make. That's as right. Well.
0: That's right.
2: Um, so I guess like.
0: Because I think that's yeah. where it gets confusing in our industry.
2: Yeah.
0: You've got these, uh, you know, people looking towards optimizing health and well-being, and mm-hmm. then you've got these role models in the industry whether it's CrossFit or uh, even yoga, you know, sometimes you see yogis doing some crazy shit. Yeah. Which is actually not good for the body. Yeah. Um, and and, so, and then so people then look to these people as role models. Yeah. And try to obtain some sort of – or, or look, at, look to them to, as, as the, the benchmark is what they should be working towards, when really yeah. it's totally out of that, their category. Yeah. You know, and they're not, they're not probably prepared to put in the sacrifice – or or deal with the repercussions of going for that type of a lifestyle. I think yeah. would you agree with that?
2: I would absolutely agree. Yeah. And and I guess unlike a an elite athlete, most people aren't getting paid
1: <laughs> yeah. to eat
2: nothing and train their <laughs> yeah. asses off. Yeah. You know, and even the the so called Instagram models and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like they they might get given, you know, X amount of supplements a month, but they've got a spruke yeah. you know whatever bullshit this month you know to get um to get it and keep it yeah yeah um so there's so many elements of unhealthiness Mm. like even on the like even if we take away the physical level and we just look at the societal and the emotional level it's like you're relaying the message to all of your followers or you're giving your clients the message that the way you look is more important than the way your body works yep yeah and how you feel which totally agree with you
0: yeah. I totally, totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, my my opinion has always been that health is always multifaceted, and there's there's a mind, there's an emotion, there's a spirit or a soul. If you want to go that deep into it, but there's more facets to people, and Absolutely. focusing on one particular area tends to damage the others if it's not included in the programming yeah. or, or the or the or if the coach doesn't even consider it as important. Yeah. So and, and I feel I don't know what your opinion is, but I do feel like. That's starting to change mm. more and more now, or as the years go on,
2: yeah.
0: I think customers are demanding cl- trainers to be more rounded, yeah.
2: yeah and
0: and they're becoming more knowledgeable themselves, yeah, and so I, 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 don't, I don't know what you think, but I, I I don't get a lot of people coming or saying someone put me on a 1200 calorie yeah. diet, maybe That's besides nice some <laughs> particular brands, yeah. but I, I yeah. don't know what, what do you think? do you think it's, do you think it's getting better? Um, or do you think it's got worse, or do you think it's the same
2: i think I think it's got better in some ways and worse than others okay um but I'm kind of outside of that now like yeah. I don't tend to i don't tend to get people who are willing to do extreme things because yeah. I, I don't promote it so yeah. I'm kind of mirroring what my clients want now yeah um but yeah i think I think it's both better and worse because some of the <clears throat> things that were a factor back when I was doing it aren't really so much of a factor now. Yeah. Um so for example, the fact that I just walked into a gym and didn't ask any questions and, you know, just went with whoever, most people wouldn't do that now. They'd go onto the internet first, they'd search shit, they'd yeah. read that you know, they'd yeah. read more um they would ask for a recommendation rather than just yeah. you know, whoever off the yes, street. Yes, yes. Um, but by that same token when you go onto the internet you find a bunch of shills yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah, yeah um yeah it's both better and worse yeah yeah i see what you're saying and then and then when you've got you know social media and the pressure to to look like um some woman with a giant ass and yeah. a tiny waist yeah. now which is kind of funny looking Yeah. <laughs> but anyway
0: that's I feel like thing. aliens or maybe our future selves will look back at that's this period and be like what the fuck were you guys doing like seriously oh good for time okay oh, cool I'll go, I'll go okay we're gonna wrap it up very shortly um because Alyssa has to go but um unless you have any questions for Alyssa before we
1: no i was gonna say earlier with the with the um, extreme athletes yep. sort of like the bodybuilders mm. and all that that there was there was a survey done a while ago that asked olympians or upcoming olympians if they would take a drug that would guarantee them a gold medal but in five years they would die 95 wow. percent of them said that they would take Crazy. the drug that's
0: that's contained
1: yeah and it's sort of yeah. the same like i've seen I've seen a lot of big bodybuilders, like the old ones from the 90s and the 2000s, like Ronnie Coleman. You've probably seen some of Ronnie Coleman. Mm. He was massive and won eight in a row, eight in a row, I think, mm-hmm. eight in a row, Mr. Yeah. Olympia's. But now he's had like 20 surgeries, don't yeah. worry, he's yeah. slits he's... discs. And... Yeah. But like, if you ask him, he he doesn't regret any of it. No, of course, yeah. that's what he but was for performance. And like Alyssa said, that's like, you, you should sit down with a coach beforehand and know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. Because that's someone cool. who didn't know that maybe if they wanted to do this and then they were getting surgeries 10 years later... Yeah might feel yeah, like that's not, it's not worth regret, the sacrifice exactly. but for yeah. people like him who know yeah. the, the consequences they, they go along it, with it then it's just again it comes back to that information yeah
0: it's all that's information true. okay very last question because i know you have to go i want you to give us some insight on keto because i know okay. it's been something that has um you've been i mean you're fantastic with nutrition yeah and i think there is a lot of misinformation information yeah. Some people do it, some people don't do it. Yeah. What is your take on it? Do you recommend it? Who do you do you recommend it for? Yeah. Basically just giving people some okay. the lowdown on keto because it's the it's the buzzword at the moment. Yeah. Okay, what what's, cool. what's your thoughts?
2: So just really quickly my, my pers- perspective on keto is mixed. I don't I would never say it it never works or that it always yeah. works. So there's always going to be a gray area, but I don't tend to use keto for anyone who is training intensely. Yeah. I think that is pretty much that takes keto out of the equation completely as, as far as a valid nutrition tool goes. Yeah. Um, for sedentary people who don't lift very hard or don't train intensely, who have issues with blood glucose management or who really need to drop a lot of weight qu- quickly, it's fantastic.
0: Yeah.
2: For people who tend to overeat, yeah. Um, and they're looking for something that's gonna make keep them fuller. It's also fantastic. Cool. Um, I did keto a few months ago, and I fucking hated it. <laughs> like mentally, I felt amazing, but my strength tanked. Um, you know, when when you pride yourself on being strong and you go into the gym and you can only lift ten kilos, you know, less than what you did the week before, and you've only just started doing keto for a week, you just kind of go well.
0: This is shit. Yeah. I hated
2: it. it. So for me personally, it didn't work. But I do have other clients who do a modified form of keto and absolutely love it. Okay. So I think it's really based on the individual. But ultimately, the science tells us that uh, low-carb and high-carb are no more or less better than each other long-term. Okay. It's really down to the individual. Yeah. So if you want to eat carbs, eat them. If you don't want to eat carbs, don't eat them. But if you don't want to eat carbs and you also want to be able to be the most proficient uh athlete and the best performing athlete that you can be you need some fucking glucose
0: yeah <laughs> and from a body composition perspective
2: i think it d- again
0: it depends on whether you're lifting on or or Well, whether, yeah. whether you've got yeah you're putting your body through training or not
2: i mean it depends how much body fat the client has as well because mm. if you're starting from a significantly high body fat percentage the chance that you're going to drop uh, lean muscle tissue while you're dieting at that point is slim to none. Yeah. So your carb needs are probably lower, but if you're particularly lean and you're very active and you're not eating a lot of calories, then I would say you definitely should not be doing keto. Yeah.
0: And male and female, do you think yeah. there's any difference? Because I, I, I couldn't imagine it would be just the same formula for men and women. Mm. Would there be a difference with considering the hormonal profile yeah. of, a, of a female yeah. does keto disrupt a whole bunch of uh systems for a female and that's yeah in, in my experience it seems like a whole bunch of guys are promoting this <laughs> yeah i don't yeah. see any women going yeah let's keto it up dude yeah. I, I don't know that's my my interpretation is that would 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 men would females get a different result to?
2: Potentially, like I'm not really sure of um the long-term ramifications as far as hormones go, but if even just looking at the short term, dieting after th- three or four days of dieting, particularly on a low carb intake for women, um, will produce a drop in leptin of yeah. sometimes over fifty yeah, percent, which is yeah. significant. Yeah. Yeah. So leptin is related to your thyroid function yeah. and and your metabolism. So, um, leptin basically tells your body that it's fed. Yeah. Um. So, a significant drop in leptin for someone who um is new to dieting would pretty much um spur them to eat overeat yep um and then it's it's a hard one to say because you would need to know someone's stress levels as well and things like yeah. that. So yeah. it's last, a very case by case, is Absolutely. It? Yeah. The last thing I would give to someone who was already very lean and very active and didn't sleep well and was stressed as fuck, the last thing I would give them is a keto diet. Is a keto diet. diet. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's a very individual. Absolutely. Individualized approach. Yeah.
2: And yeah. even like as far as tastes go, if people yeah. love carbs and they don't like body, uh, they don't like fats. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not going to do well on keto. Yeah. And yeah. everything tastes greasy. Yeah. I don't think yeah. people that know bad. that yet. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's very heavy. Yeah. yeah. It's very heavy. Yeah.
0: All right. We're not going to keep Alyssa too much longer because she has to stop. But we do want to say thank you for uh, telling us about your story and sharing your knowledge today. So thank you, Alyssa, so much. Thanks for having me. Great. That was fun. Thank you, guys. We will be back with another episode next week. Until then, bye. bye.